0: Are you a small business owner looking to increase your online presence? If so, Atlantic Social can help you. They will identify your target audience and put together a strategy to achieve the best possible results.
1: Check out Atlantic Social and get booking your first discovery call. Hello, I'm Trina Gunning, member of the club and on the committee helping to make the club as amazing as possible for you. Each week, I will be talking to an amazing member of the club about their business, their journey with it, and their thoughts on the club women's network. The club champions women in business and is a first and foremost, a support and learning network, which means that there are plenty of opportunities for you to give as much as you receive within the club. If you would like to find out more, please go to theclubwomensnetwork.com or the Club Women's Network across all social media platforms. We would absolutely love to have you join us. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse podcast. I'm Trina Gunning and today I'm delighted to talk to Karen Goodliffe from Sureplan Financial. Karen's business empowers people to make smart financial decisions through a personalized service setting people up for life that they want now, while also securing their future financially. Karen has extensive experience in her industry, but wanted to help people more directly, so set up Sureplan Financial. She is also an active member of the club, as well as being a board member. Welcome, Karen. How are you today? Hi, Trina. I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. So delighted to talk to you. I know we have um, met a couple of times through um, club meetups and at the awards. So I'm really looking forward to finding out more about um, your business and what you do to help people. So if you want to start off and just give us a little bit of insight into your background and how your plan came to be. Okay so I am from the UK originally
0: as you you might have gathered but from the accent um, that my parents are from um, Kerry from Ireland Uh, they moved to London and and I was born over there so I grew up over in the UK um, went to college in Manchester did a financial services degree um, but didn't have a clue what area of financial services I would end up you know going into it was quite a wide degree Um, and my first role and my next two roles afterwards we're all in large corporate companies and I was working for product providers or life companies who provide pensions, investments, uh, financial protection. And my role was I was looking after a panel of financial brokers or IFAs, as they're called in the UK, um, and they tend to be called financial brokers here in Ireland. And my role was, uh, I suppose, I was basically trying to make sure that they did business with the company I was working for here in Ireland. That was New Island Insurance. Um, And I looked after them from a technical point of view, from service, making sure they were getting the correct service and um, just, you know, helping them kind of advise their clients. So between the three companies and between the two countries, the UK and and moving to Ireland 18, 19 years ago now, um, I'd, I'd been doing that for so long. You know, I'd been doing it for about I think it was 18 years, roughly 18, 19 years. And I was starting to think, okay, I need a change in the career. I, I have all the knowledge. I have you know, lots of things built up from uh, experience. So the obvious thing was to was become a financial broker. Um, and I joined a financial broker company, um, CWM Wealth Management and her money um, as a financial advisor. So at that time, I wasn't thinking of starting my own business. It wasn't really in my head at all. Um, and I was um, looking after clients at that point. I was advising them on their finances and making sure that they were financially protected, planning for their retirement, and that their savings and investments were working hard for them. Um, but the, I suppose there was something a bit more that I kind of felt I was missing. And what it was is I was networking a lot more. I didn't have to network in my previous roles because I had my panel of brokers. Whereas um, as the new role as a financial advisor, I was networking because obviously that's how you, you get clients and you get support. Um, and I was meeting other business women who locked them owned their own business um, through these networks, and the seeds started growing in, in my head of, you know, I'd like to try that. And, um, you know, and a few things kind of that suppose, personal life, um, I thought life is short, you know, like a few experiences that way with um, with illness and, and, and worse, that you kind of thought life's too short to have any regrets of looking back and not doing something that you want to do. And um, that was kind of how the idea of setting up my own business as a financial planner came about. Whilst I'd become a financial advisor, I'd also um, studied for the Certified Financial Planner, which is the internationally recognized qualification. It's kind of the highest qualification you can have as a financial advisor. And what that enables you to do is look at people's finances in a more holistic way. You're not just kind of products, you're looking at their, their whole finances and their financial future and you're planning with them. And I like the idea of having maybe a smaller number of clients that you're working with every year throughout the, the years, you know, to, to help them get to their goals Um, so between that, between thinking about, okay, having my own business would give me some flexibility as well and, you know, a lot of, uh, it's a lot of hard work and don't get me wrong but, you know, you'd have flexibility as well that I go to the UK from time to time to see my parents over there that, you know, I could work from there, work from Ireland and um, lots of things were giving me the, the idea of setting up my own business And um, just as the pandemic was about to start actually, I was getting ready to hand in my notice where I was. I got myself financially ready, I got myself mentally ready. And then I was kind of okay, we better hold on for a few months here and just see how the pandemic works out. And I realized within, within weeks of it starting that people are actually doing more on their finances Everyone was at home, people had time, people had time to think. Mm -hmm. They were thinking about financial protection because people were sick at that point, unfortunately. So they were thinking about illness cover, life cover, income protection. And so clients were kind of talking more about that to me and and, you know getting advice on it. And people were thinking about their savings and investments because they weren't spending as much money. Now, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, some industries and some people and some businesses were going for horrendous times because their businesses literally had to stop, you know, Mm -hmm. but then others were able to work from home and this whole word pivot came in and you know they're able to to work from home and and had more time to kind of you know they weren't traveling to work and things like that they were able to think about their finances more so i plus the the world did adopt to zoom and look what we're doing now you know we're talking through podcasts we're talking through zoom um and you didn't kind of necessarily you know need to be sitting in front of someone to be giving them advice so i thought okay this now's the time Um, and in a way it helped me the pandemic because in the early years, when you're setting up a business, you're trying to keep the cost down. So paying for an office and paying, you know, for expensive items like that are are a lot harder. So I didn't need to do that at the beginning because of um, having, you know, things like Zoom, yeah. working from home anyway. So um, so I handed in my notice, um, applied to Central Bank, and um, that can take kind of anything up to six months to a year. Um, I did it in, in just under six months, um, and then I was able to start Shoreplan Financial um three years ago and and two and a half years almost since
1: uh, being regulated so mm-hmm. that was your sure plan financial came about it, it's so fascinating that, like with all the stories we're hearing and a huge group of people within the club i suppose how many businesses either kind of started within the pandemic or people had just start you know were are thinking about starting them just beforehand and the changes they had to make somehow made the foundations stronger because it allowed people to like because if there hadn't been a pandemic you would never have considered meeting a client on zoom i presume it would have just been kind of traditional you meet people in person you're talking about their finances you would have to see them whereas because everybody suddenly went well we can't just completely not talk to people we we will do zoom and that set the stage for for an well not an expansion of your business but just a kind of a, a fluidity and a flexibility to it that must work really well absolutely and even yeah location
0: um I or the client obviously I only advise people here in 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 Ireland um in South Ireland that we could be anywhere I've got clients say in Louth or you know other areas of the country that you don't have to meet all the time because we're doing it on Zoom you know so you could be anywhere in the country. Um, or technically out of the country, you know, if, um, if you're doing a, a meeting as well, and it just makes it a lot more flexible. It's saving time. It's saving people time because they're able to fit it into their day more. You know, it was a bit harder if someone was working full time. I was tending to meet people in the evenings yeah. um, and that's absolutely fine. And sometimes I still do and I do Zoom calls in the evenings as well as pers- in-person meetings. But there's less of that because people are able to maybe fit it into their lunchtime or a break of some kind during the day. Mm-hmm because they're not having to go and travel to a meeting they're doing it literally at their desk or at home yeah. or wherever they happen to be so I think as as a world we've become a lot more flexible that way And um, you know I, I do think we need to be careful and make sure we still meet people because I do find yes that, um the interaction is um you know that, that definitely is
1: is much better when you can meet people
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh it's hugely important so talk to me I know you have a few different services and we couldn't possibly go into the detail of them all. I know you deal with people personally and with businesses as well. But what's a little bit of the process for a client, say, give the example of a client where you might help them. What are the things that you talk them through within your business? Do they come with you with a specific problem or just overall just want to look at their their kind of money health? both actually, oh. sometimes they might come to me with a specific problem or a specific
0: area that they want looked at. Maybe it might be that they know that they need to start a pension, that they haven't started their pension or that they, they have, but they haven't contributed it to, for a while, or they've started a new business and they need to know what, what to do with their previous pensions. You know, there's lots of different scenarios that way. and um, So I can just help them with that. Um, Or sometimes they might come because their circumstances have changed. They've had a family and they know they need to look at financial protection because they're not just protecting themselves anymore their protection, they're protecting their future income, the, their financial dependence, their children, you know, in case anything were to happen to them. Um, so we look at specific areas, but then someone might come and say, look, I just need help. I need to figure out where I'm going. Am I doing the right things? How can I save more? What should I be doing with my savings? I'm just putting it in the bank account at the moment. Um, you know and, and if you're looking at long-term savings when you look at five years plus like for example children's education funds there's lots of mm-hmm. people that would put money away for that you don't just save it into a bank account you would actually invest it um, and when you have time to do that and, and we would help people with that as well so there's lots of different areas people come to us we either have an in-person meeting in zoom we gather the information from them um as to their area their, their circumstances um, you know, that the whole financial situation, where they want to go in life, when did they want to retire, Do you know, are they planning for children's education? And um, do they want to retire earlier or later? Are they planning something for five or six years time that they need to save for? Are they protected now? You know, there's all the different scenarios that we would go through. So it's really, they come to us, we have a meeting, I go away and prepare some information. Um, and I go back and, and mm-hmm. present that to them and talk them through it. And sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming because there might be a lot of things they need to do all at once. Um, but we pick it off bit by bit. We do the extremely important stuff first. Um, and, and then the other items, you know, we, we do after so people aren't overwhelmed. We take it step by step. Um, and sometimes it might be left that you, a certain thing they would leave until the following year when we're doing our annual review because I would make sure that I do annual reviews with, with clients to see how they're going, see how their investments or pensions are going, have their circumstances changed. So it's an ongoing relationship that I would have with the the client then as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and people often ask me as well how like how do we get paid? Um, and there's a couple of different ways we can get paid. Yes, sometimes clients, whether they're a business or an individual, can write a check and or you know send a money transfer and pay us by a fee, which is the way they would pay maybe a solicitor or an accountant. Yeah. But a lot of the time, um, if we're putting a product in place for the client as part of their advice, so a pension, as an example, or an investment product, or a savings product, or a life cover or something, um, and we're introducing them to one of the providers for that product, like you know we deal with all the, the main providers here in Ireland and we're not tied to any one company, they can remunerate us placing in the business with them. And in that case, there's no fee for the client. Yeah. So- Sometimes people think oh, it's expensive. I can't afford to, you know, to go and get advice because I'm already paying my accountant. I'm paying my solicitor. I'm paying whatever it is. But you may not actually have to pay a fee, and, and that would all be discussed and yeah. it's fully disclosed. But you know, if we do get paid from the
1: product provider as well, I think that's a really good thing to point out because very often people might think, right, well, I know I need a little bit of help. But that's a cost that, you know, if I'm already struggling or, you know, managing my money in a certain way, it's it's an extra cost I can't afford. So they might not even approach you in the first place to ask the question because, you know, everybody has, has we're all a bit funny about money, I suppose, when it comes to certain things. So people very often don't ask what might be the fee and then they would find out that there are none. Do you find that people are more aware of all of the things that you mentioned in terms of planning for their future um is is there just more of an awareness now about being more financially secure and having a handle on our finances or does it hit people at certain stages in their life i I think
0: it hits people at certain stages in their life there is a lot more information there there's maybe sometimes too much information and people get bombarded Hmm. by different um types of information they can get confused as to what they can and can't do But there's certain times um, it can be when someone leaves employment and goes into self-employment. That would be a trigger if they have if they get married or don't get married and have children. Um, You know that can be another trigger if they suddenly are in. uh, Probably the age forty sometimes can be a trigger as well. I don't know (laughs) why sometimes fifty as well. Um, That you know need to figure out where I'm going with my retirement planning or especially fifty and and some people say is it too late? It's not whether you're thirty. 25, 50, it's never too late because there's always time to put money away um, into a pension and there's huge tax reliefs there from the government as well for putting money into a pension. Yes. So there's little triggers that can maybe um, make people do more. And there's triggers in, throughout the year as well. I find January and September are the two really busy times when people start contacting me and sometimes that's brand new clients. Yeah. Um now it's great if people can contact throughout the year, but I think people get organized in those two periods the, the reason being obviously January, it's New Year, it's New Year's resolutions, I'm going to get that savings plan sorted out, that I know should be invested and not in it just sitting there in the bank, um, or September it's kind of a back to school thing, and whether they have children or not, um, they you know they seem to get organised after the summer, the weather's not as good anymore, and people just yeah. kind of organised again in September, so it's funny, I notice it throughout the year, and I notice it in certain points of people's lives as well, that they would kind of start getting certain aspects together, or or organised, or, or revisiting if, if they have been doing something yes. on it.
1: And I presume there must be something very satisfying about helping people do that, because you know we, we all earn money at like for the majority of our lives. Now I was always brought up to be a saver. That was my parents. They drilled it into us young. We used to have the the post office used to have the Cyril Squirrel saving stamps, mm-hmm. you you'd get the little stamps when your card was full, you go back down to the post office, Um, I kind of still do, think they wish, they, or wish they did that, because my kids, it's very hard to teach them about money, because it's so, it's not around physically anymore, that it's a, a big effort on our part to have to physically provide the money, but I think it's worth doing, because you know, they won't learn about the give and take of it if they don't have it in their hand, I don't think. But even though I was a saver, the whole idea of investment and that long term planning is only something I've been aware of having to maybe consider in the last couple of years. For me, the trigger is the kids, you know, planning for being able. To, you know if they want to go to college or if schools or whatever that is and um, that would be my trigger for considering it but it must be very satisfying if somebody like me came to you and was kind of like right I have all this I know I should be doing something and being able to help them kind of weed it out kind of clarify it for them that must feel good absolutely yeah and, and there's so many different types there's, there's people
0: that are savers like yourself that you know you've kind of learned that at an early age and that's something that you've you've kind of be brought up to do there's uh, others and, and sometimes obviously not through any fault of their own because it's where they're living they're paying high rents whatever it happens to be that they find it hard to save because they literally don't have the money and especially we're in high inflation times at the moment and um, so you know sometimes it can be just helping them in, a, in a, a way to try and find some extra money that they can save or, or you know cut some costs or just be a bit smarter with the money so either way um you know we can help kind of people to to try and and get um, planning better for their future in, in some way yes. shape or form but when someone's already saving and they obviously have a lump sum that they don't need in the short term and that they're thinking of that for something more longer term so when we say longer we have five to seven years plus yes. is when you're kind of looking at a time frame when you can look at investing and um, because when you're talking about investing you're talking about investment risk as well and yes. and it's not literally just sitting there in the bank account you know kind of fairly safe um in order to get some growth you have to take on some investment risk and everyone's different with that so again that's something we would help and educate people on but it is satisfying to know that you're helping someone whether they have the money to save or they don't have the money to save they have it saved um or that they just need to plan better for their retirement and you know and, and make sure that they're they're working better towards that as well and not burying their head in the sand which unfortunately some people do yeah Um, as well you know rather than do anything they just think like I can't I can't face any of it you know better off just chipping away just doing it bit by bit and uh, facing into it kind of over you know a period of a year or two years to to chip away all the different areas that you need to look at for finances But, but either way I find it satisfying that you're helping people sort of get on their road you know the road to a better future um and you you kind of get good compliments afterwards that makes it feel worthwhile that you know they've got a weight lift off their shoulder or they knew they needed to do something Mm -hmm. and at least they're feeling better about the future
1: or what you know whatever it is that they're planning Mm -hmm. for so that is definitely and i know like it can be very calming because sometimes when you don't like there's so many things coming in and obviously lots more going out in terms of bills and expenses sometimes you can like oh that'll sort itself out as long as the bottom line you know stays at a certain amount by the end of the month it's fine but there could be something very calming about knowing the details um and then you have a little bit more control about how it flows I suppose um but they you can only know that if you actually I suppose talk to someone like you because through you asking questions I'm sure it brings clarity to people as well absolutely yeah and
0: just any kind of questions they have obviously I can answer and you're just helping them just to just even to put away small amounts and, you know, and being disciplined like that. Unfortunately, a lot of it can be disciplined because sometimes people say, I can't save. And then you go through that, you itemize some of it. You know, I don't sit there and itemize things because that's not the level of detail that I'll go to with a person, but I will get them to do it. Mm. And just be honest with yourself. Like, is there subscriptions that you've got? Are you buying coffee every day? You know, if you cut down those, you're starting to get one or 200 euros here or there, Mm. uh, you know, over the period of four or five weeks. Um, have you changed your utility provider um, recently, or have you just, you know, even changed within utility onto a different contract? Have you looked at your broadband that you can get a better offer? There, there's all these little things. I actually did the exercise myself last year for myself, mm. and I worked out what I saved by changing um, to utility um, gas and and electricity and broadband. And um, I worked out I saved about 900 euro over the course of the next 12 months by doing all that. So it was a bit of work, you know, for a few hours. To do yeah. it all but i mean that's that's money that people can find you know mm-hmm. um start if you just then are disciplined put that away that can start growing towards either your children's future or your own future yeah. in your retirement
1: as well i think it's really good to hear because i suppose when people hear that you're a financial planning service that you immediately think about retirement And investments all those big things, but I think it's really good to hear that it can be as simple as let's look at if you can change providers because 900 euro in a year is a huge saving. Um, And to think about like because people are like oh it's only so much per month it's not worth the bother, but when you add it up and you have somebody like you to say right well overall like it's better in your pocket. Then in their pocket for the sake of a couple of hours of changing over so I think it's really good that it's those kind of services as well, because I think that would help a lot of people at the moment, like that's the level a a lot of people are at with with inflation.
0: And to be able to change
1: that we don't actually kind of do that for them or anything like that
0: or or don't do the research for them, but I would say look. When did you last review it? When did you last
1: review your mortgage rate? You know things like that, just to get them thinking. But that's I said, it's it's asking the question, it's getting them to think about it, and saying, right, well, if you changed it over, you know, you you have the example of how it can it, it can it can save the money. SurePlan Financial advise business owners on all aspects of their financial planning, from
0: protecting your income in the event of an accident, sickness or premature death, to ensuring that you plan for your future and achieve that dream retirement. For more information and to book a consultation, visit sureplan.ie. SurePlan Financial Limited, trading as SurePlan Financial
1: is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. You already mentioned that your plan, you went for it at the start of the pandemic. What was the biggest obstacle that you faced when you set it up? Or was it a few months later? What was the biggest obstacle towards getting set up?
0: Um, I think the biggest obstacle was probably before setting up, because it's the fact that you need to do so much planning if you're going to start a business. And that's financial planning. Obviously, I'm going to say that being a financial planner, <laughs> you have to really think, OK, um, you know, Am I going to be taking a step down in in salary? Yeah, I would say probably nine times out of ten you are going to be certainly for the first year or two. Anyway, you're gonna so you need to kind of do the exercise of cutting your costs that we've just spoken about. Get everything you know literally as down to the bone as you can. Then you're thinking, okay, so this is what it's going to cost to feed me in my house or household or whatever for the next year and live. Um, have I got that put away or how soon am I going to earn that in the business? So you have to kind of go through that whole financial planning exercise if you're starting a business. Um, and I, I I did that. I also had to plan for the fact that I was going to have some downtime while I waited for central bank authorization, um, where I couldn't trade. I could maybe start networking. I could start things like the website. You know, I could do a bit of the background work, but not actually start earning money. So you kind of have to do a bit of a lot of planning before you actually set the business up. Um, then as you, you you get it set up, I think the other hard thing sometimes or obstacle is time management and making sure that you're spending your time on the right items, you know, it can be easy to get distracted on the nice stuff, but you need to kind of make sure you're doing the stuff that's gonna or doing the work that's gonna earn you the money at the beginning, especially if you're having to replace savings that you have just you know been living off for the previous six months or something as well. That it's kind of being disciplined in your your time management. Um but as well you're probably gonna have to put in a lot more hours at the beginning. Um, because, again, if you're keeping costs low, you're not going to have staff maybe at the very beginning, you know, in, in my situation anyway, that you're then doing all the administration as well as doing the advising, as well as doing the social yeah. media, as well as, you know, all the different things that you need to have in a business. So it's making sure that you, you, you're you disciplined with your time management and that you, you just put the hard work in really mm-hmm. as well. Yeah.
1: And so the opposite one to that, what is the biggest learning, the biggest positive that you've come out of it with? I
0: think it's probably... Like it's the enjoyment of the fact that you're doing something that you want to do, that you you're doing it in the way you want to do it. You know that you're you know whether it's types of clients you're dealing with, how you're meeting those clients, the networking that you're you know you're doing to to get the support. Like, but I will talk about the club shortly. And um, but networking isn't just about getting clients. Networking is about yeah. supporting people, supporting you, and and you supporting other people in their businesses and, and ideas and things that are working for them that might work for you and that kind of thing. So. I think that's kind of a a buzz that I would get as well as kind of all the dealing with the different types of people um, and doing something that I want to
1: do in the way I want to do it. Yeah. 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 It's so true. It can be very satisfying kind of as a separate entity to the business itself. It just shows that people setting up businesses like, yes, you want to make a living and you want to be flexible, but there's something that that's satisfying away from all of that. I suppose that kind of gives you the motivation to keep going, that it's not just about the the money or the business itself that it's a personal thing as well isn't it yeah absolutely because
0: I think life is is short as we've we've said so I I just think that you have to do something that you're enjoying or that you're working towards something that you're going to be enjoying or that you're doing something that's going to give you an earlier retirement that you're going to then enjoy you know that whatever it happens to be that you you know you you do need to to make sure that you're
1: um like in something that you you enjoy and that you're enjoying life Yeah. So you've mentioned networking a couple of times and at the start you said it was important for even just planting the seed about owning your own business. So tell me about how you found the club. Um, I know you're in Cork so you were probably there, you, you probably met a couple of people. How was it that you came across the club and what appealed to you about it?
0: Okay, so how I came across it, I would know Sean from Sean Horn from one of her businesses, um, Elite Pilates. So that's mm-hmm. how I know. And I also would have known her through another network as well, or another couple of networks probably. And it just a chance conversation I was going to Pilates one day and um, was, I think it was during the pandemic, but it was one of the times when we were allowed to do, you know, we're allowed to go to mm-hmm. gyms or, you know, classes and things like that. And she mentioned about the club and, and, I suppose I I don't obviously hadn't said it so you know that I was starting my own business. I was at the point um, where I had um, left my previous role and I was almost there with the central bank regulation. And she said, but she said, but it's for female founders. You know, initially that was kind of the way the club was kind of you know going. That um, and I said, well, actually, I'm about to be one. You know, and I explained about your plan. Um, so we met for a coffee and and I think I was one of the earlier, um I wasn't the first, but I was one of the the earlier members in the club. So I've kind of watched it evolve and then obviously got involved this year as well at, at board level. Um, but what I like about the club being slightly different, maybe it's other networks because every network has its, you know ways that you you gain from it and that you can give to them. But I suppose it's aimed really at um, female founders or female small business owners that um it helps you kind of in terms of running your business whether it's financial social media and um, the marketing side you know any of that aspect when you're in a small business you're having to do all a lot of that stuff yourself and it just helps you um with all of those as well as kind of meeting other like-minded women that are going through the same thing you're going through different industries usually completely different yeah. but you're going through very similar things when you started a business um, and or they might have experienced something that you're going through now and you can help each other that way. So um, that's one thing I love at the club is the deep dives. Um, I haven't taken part in one myself yet, but um, I, I do love kind of, you know, that we all try and help whoever it is that's taken part in, in the, the deep dive where we, they explain and yeah. um, a dilemma that they're having I suppose within their business um, and then we all go into breakout rooms and, and discuss it and, and give feedback of maybe ideas or things that might help that person so yeah. uh, you know those kind of aspects of the club are are amazing as well as um, both online and in-person networking yeah. uh, and then obviously being on the committee now it's it's kind of uh given a new aspect to it because yeah getting close to you know you're working with people especially when you're working maybe on your own a lot of the time that it's nice to, to be on this committee as well that you're working with yeah
1: you yeah. your day you're supporting people more through being on the board because like you know we're all so active in in the things we do in the in the background and trying to make sure it's the best experience for the members i i'm a big fan of the deep dives as well it's one of my favorite parts because i think when somebody comes with a dilemma even if they're in a completely different industry to you there's very often learning from either what people feed back to them or the, the discussion you have in the breakout rooms um, and I think sometimes people you, you hear people often say oh I couldn't walk into room and networking because I don't know anybody and you know I don't feel comfortable just talking about myself because I think there's people think there's an element of having to pitch yourself constantly, yeah. but when you're in either the in-person meetups or the breakout rooms on the online aspects of the club, because there's a, a central team or a dilemma given, it's nearly like you get to know people a little bit better because you're talking about this one thing. And rather than everybody, you know, at the start just saying, Oh, my name is, this is my business and giving like a surface level mm-hmm. um, kind of, um, oh what's the word it's completely escaped me a service level kind of putting forward of themselves that when they're talking about a specific thing for their business that they can give a deeper insight in, into who they are and I think that's really helpful for everybody getting to know each other absolutely yeah and it's like you said it's not this kind of pitch that people are doing
0: you mm-hmm. know an introduction like that that they're, they're doing it's it's more getting to know people and getting to know their businesses kind of in a softer level mm-hmm. um and, and actually, for the people doing the the deep dive, it's actually, you know, it's quite a hard thing, I'd imagine, as well, because you're kind yeah. of laying bare and you're sort of saying, look, I have this problem in my business and we all want to make our businesses look perfect. Mm-hmm. You know? But they're not, you know, that we are all having different dilemmas. Yeah. But know. then
1: I think just through the, the knowing that there is an outlet there for you, you kind of say, oh, well, I could never tell anybody what my dilemma is. But the fact that they've been running for so long and true people doing them, everybody's kind of like, all right, well, everybody has the dilemma. And then as time goes on, you realize that there's everybody there's an umbrella of those dilemmas hitting every business at some time. So the information is useful and you suddenly realize, "Okay, well, I am on my own going through any of this you know every business goes through them some go through them faster some go through them slower but it it's kind of that reassurance that you're not on your own just by purely somebody putting themselves out there and saying right well this wasn't working for me yeah absolutely
0: and it's a lot more it's a lot on very honest of of people to do and and obviously honest feedback as well Mm. and we get to know each other on our businesses at a deeper level like you said um, yeah in a way um and even i know you touched on there you said that People walking into a room can sometimes find it hard when they're going networking, especially if they're new to it. And I remember going back um, six years ago now and I had to you know, start networking like that. I did find it harder. You know, when you first come into the room, it's um, it's yeah, you, you, it is hard at the very beginning. But after a while, either in that network, you'll get to know people or you'll just get, you know, it, it is open. Because I always wondered with women in business networks, is it cliquey or is there anything like yeah. that? Absolutely, 100% not in any of the networks and especially the club as well, obviously, that um, it's very supportive um, and, and everyone kind of gets others involved. And, and, yeah. and so, if anyone was ever worried about going to the in person meeting or going to an online um, meeting for the first time, it is very open, honest, and, and inclusive and, and friendly.
1: Yeah. And I think that when you do, if you do go to an in person one and there's lots of them on um, throughout the next couple of months, the great thing is you you instantly get that feeling of of what the club is about. You know, somebody will walk up to you, people will be prepared for your arrival, that they'll know you that you're coming um, and that they'll come up and talk to you. So the, you know, it won't be on you. You've gotten yourself as far as the door, and then everybody else just kind of brings you in, and then you're there and you feel the atmosphere and you understand a little bit about what it is that makes the club work so well, because it is the support. Part as well as the learning, and um, and that's why, like you were saying, like it is nice. You have to have those in-person interactions as well. Um, so while all the online stuff will stay central to it, like the the in-person meetups are really successful because people do want to be in the same room as other people. Absolutely, it's funny. Whenever
0: I, it's the same other networks. Definitely true at the club as well. You know when you're walking into the building where the the meeting is going on, the network meeting or the, the uh, whatever it is that um you just hear this sound kind of coming you don't even have to ask the receptionist or whoever it is where's the the club meeting or you know whichever women in business you just hear this sound <laughs> and there is a buzz um and that was before pandemic and after pandemic but there is kind of this buzz when um that you know there is a load of us uh, meeting up in a network situation like that a women's network but yeah there is a buzz but you can hear it long
1: before you're ever in the room <laughs> <as well. laughs> I, thought, I i think that's a good thing um, that you can get it and it's definitely it makes it because it's, it's difficult for me during the day to to get to the meetups i've got combinations of children in school and preschool but it's the one time i kind of call in favors from my friends i'm like can you drop them can you pick them up because it's always worth making the effort to to be there and um, for the meetups so we are almost coming to the end of our chat here so i just want to know what is your best bit of business advice that you would give to your younger self? And I know your younger self didn't have plans about having a business. But what would you tell her now? Um, well, it'd be this,
0: this, the same advice to whether someone my younger self was an employee or or self-employed um, and definitely, uh, I think, for a female and, and definitely for the industry that I'm in as well, is to know your worth. And when I say know your worth, when you're an employee and I know I didn't always know my worth, it's um, and especially if it's in a male dominated industry, it still is, you know, that if you look at our uh, the financial services industry, it's probably maybe two or three women to every 10 women, 10, 10 men mm-hmm. um, and, and probably less on the financial broker side. For any seminars that I go to, you know, you're looking around the room, but it's know your worth um, and know how much you're putting into your role if you're an employee um, and make sure that, you know, you're paid right, that you're negotiating right with the manager. And, and knowing your worth that way and having that confidence which I I don't think I always had for sure but then when you become self-employed it's know your worth again and know your worth when it comes to your, your costing you know that you you are being paid for what you do that sometimes you you maybe not might not have the confidence to kind of charge that fee because yeah. I know I said that earlier on that sometimes uh, we're paid by the financial provider you know the product provider if we're putting a product in place but there might not always be a product so I have to make sure that I am quantifying my time and know my worth and knowing what advice I'm giving um, and that advice is good advice and it's helping that person and, and charging for it and that was something that I found yeah, quite hard at the the beginning as well is, is is that part but it's it's all about knowing your worth, knowing what you're giving to the situation whether you're an employee or self-employed and make sure you value yourself so that's mm-hmm. kind of, uh, I, I think me looking back at the employed, younger me um, and if I was younger when I started be self-employed or, or now it's still the same advice to me.
1: no it's very true because like people find it hard to put a cost on anything but i think when you're providing a serf- service to people and you are helping them i think people are much more aware these days that that is worth something and they're also you know they're willing to pay for that service and i think we you know we kind of do ourselves a disservice by not putting the price there at, at the start because people will be willing to pay it because they are gaining something valuable from you. So that's fantastic. So what's next for Sureplan Financial? Do you have any plans for this year or is it just to keep steadily growing and doing what you're doing? Um, keep steadily growing but as part of the
0: the, the growth is that um, it's taken on new staff so um, in the background of being a financial planner, there's a lot of paperwork um, yeah. that has to be done, um, and central bank requirements and, and other, you know, lots of different requirements, GDPR, all different aspects, understandably, because you're looking after people's finances, and you're looking after confidential information for them, and you're making sure that you're planning right for their future. So there's a lot of background work that needs to be done. Um, when it comes to advising as well as background work running a business as, as you know and, and other listeners will know so um it's getting help on that front so um employing um, an administrator to to do that and possibly a second administrator maybe not this year but looking maybe more next year so um it's expansion to help to, to to run the business um, in a much better way, and and it frees up my time then to to do more advice and and meet more clients, um, you know, meet them more often and stuff. So that's the the expansion um, of
1: uh, Chopin Financial. Well, it all sounds very exciting. Thank you so much again for talking with me today. Um, this has been fascinating. I will have lots of other questions aside from this for myself but this was really good and if anybody wants to contact you they find you at sureplan financial um on social media
0: yeah so sureplan.ie is the website um sureplan.ie on instagram um and yeah sure also on facebook linkedin and um, all the different social media platforms and I try to it's, it's hard to keep the plates spinning in, in the business, but I do try to keep some of it active on social media as well for people to kind of educate themselves on the whole financial planning area as well. So they can contact me through through any of the social medias or directly on, on our website. And you're able to actually book in um, appointments directly through our website as well to be able to do an initial consultation, which is always completely uh, free then for, to have that initial chat about finance.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Karen. Perfect. Thanks, Trina. Thank you.